Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One yes will change your life. Uh, and if you don't, if you if you change your story, you're going to change your life. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Taran Shum, and in this episode, we continue our conversation with Ree Goosens, a successful multifamily investment advisor and author living in the United States. After listening to his amazing life stories in this previous episode, we'll learn in this episode about his business strategies, personal habits, and inspirations. Previously, Goosens mentioned he relied on a mentor to get his foot on the investment ladder in America. I knew I had to get a you know a coach or mentor. You know, all good all good sports teams have one. You, you need, I, I sort of had done a few little deals here and there, but hadn't really achieved that financial freedom that the, the Rich Dad book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad book was talking about. You know, I was still an employee. I was in, started to invest. And I was getting a little bit of cash flow, but it wasn't it wasn't anything to write home about. But you know, it was it was a, it was a step in the right direction. Um, so I, I really thought I needed to up my game and, you know, looking for that mentor, I wanted obviously someone who was actively investing. And there's a lot of people as you, you know, in Australia, there's a lot of gurus and there's even more of them here um, that, that, that claim that they're doing stuff that are not actually doing anything. And um, I, I, I essentially stumbled across a mentor who was reasonably priced. Um, he was, he, he'd done a few big deals. Uh, he was also relatively newish, but had, you know the right backing, the right mindset, the sort of you know similar age. So I sort of was said, well, I'm going to I'm going to hitch my wagon to him, and um, through through that, there was obviously a big education piece, um, you know, about you know branding myself um, in, a, in a certain way, about developing pitch decks um, through the education piece and trying to educate investors about this world of uh, syndication, which is what it's called here in the United States. He explains what he means by syndication. And that's essentially when you, you pool investors' money together and you get from point A to point B. So think of it like if you're going to go hire a Boeing 747, right, to get from Sydney to Perth, it's going to cost you as an individual a hell of a lot of money. However, if you can split that cost up with 100 other people and you are the captain or the co-pilot or up in first class, you know, you have, and everyone else is in the back, you know, in, in economy, you can, everyone can enjoy the journey together getting from point A to point B. And so syndication and, and you know, being a syndicator is you essentially, you're, you're acting as the captain, uh, if that makes sense, and you're, you're, you're steering the ship. So um, in general, there's a lot of investors out, as I said, explained before, that looking to place their money in, in, in high yield uh, or relatively high yield, good returns um, over a, you know, medium to long-term um, prospect. So, uh, and they're looking to for capital preservation. So, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm sure we'll get into <laughs> about the different ins and outs of it. 
Goosens compares American multifamily building investments in Australia strata title buildings, pointing out the vital differences. Buying something with,、uh, in our case, it's you know、um, we buy multifamily, which is think of.、Um, A garden-style apartment, multi-family. You might be scratching your head, what the hell is he talking about?、Um, in the United States,、um, again, back to in, compared to Australia, where you have strata title,、um, the options for financing in the United States are obviously a lot, lot greater than they are in Australia. So there, there are banks willing to lend on the future value of a project or a set of a, a apartment complex. Let's call it a hundred units, and they, the, the, the banks are saying here in America, say, well, look. Okay, when you build that, I'm going to be able to get you know you're going to be able to get net operating income of of X, and and I'm going to value it on on the, whatever the market cap rate is, and and we're going to lend you on the entirety of those hundred units in Australia, the strata title, which is condominiums, is another word for condominiums. That's what I use here in in in, in states. Obviously, local governments get taxes from strata, and the sum of the parts is more than the sum of the whole. Combined with the fact that there's not enough lenders in Australia, that commercial lending, you know, in America you can get fixed rate commercial terms for for t- fixed for ten years and amortised over thirty. In Australia, you can't get anywhere near that. Gusens facilitates these multi-family investments, which both maximise an investor's return and minimise their risks. Back to you know reducing risk. Understanding what type of loan you can get on the on the on the asset here in America, we can get non-recourse agency.、Um, where when I say agency, it's、um, backed by the government stocks and、uh, bonds, and the government needs to obviously get money working for it. So they put it into bonds, and those bonds forms loans、uh, in order to lend out and、uh, help. Investors like myself provide housing to the people of America, and they will offer it at very attractive rates.、Um, and it will also be called non-recourse, meaning if the deal goes south for none no, unknown reason of your own,、uh, you will not be held liable for it because it, it's still a、uh, it's still a, a a business at the end of the day. And if you know something happens.、Um, You know, people people are always going to need a, ha- a roof over their heads、um, in in a, in a crisis, in a GFC type of crisis.、Um, renters、uh, look for affordable housing, and and apartments and multifamily are affordable housing. We look to buy 1980s, 1990s, early 2000 built assets. We don't look to buy brand new Class A buildings. We look for the what's called Class B, and we look to go for that that value add. So. We we want to see what the rents are of the the in place rents, and we want to go in there, you know, paint the paint the paint the units, put you know new appliances, put new flooring, put new light fixtures, and then increase the rent, you know, anywhere between seventy five to one hundred and fifty bucks, depending on on the unit type. And so, if there's a value add strategy there, combined with the fact that we have non recourse debt, low leverage, it's fixed for x amount of years, seven, ten, twelve, whatever you want, amortised over thirty.、Um, And combined with the fact that it's、uh, the risk of people moving out. So if you in that duplex scenario when I first bought back in back in the day, if one of my tenants moved out, I was fifty percent vacant on a hundred unit building. The, the likelihood of fifty people moving out at once is extremely low. <laughs> so hence why the bank will say, well, okay, well that's a very low risk, and we will make it not recourse. So that's a bit of a, a lesson in 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 financing one hundred and one in America versus Australia, and the difference of multifamily and, and how they lend it, and in, in terms of risk and, and how we mitigate that. He explains the role of his company in mitigating these investment deals. The way in which we structure it is that. 
like like you're going to buy a house, you need a down payment, right? Um, we would raise that down payment from our investors and we would obviously chip in some money as well. Um, but what we are bringing to the table is obviously the deal uh, because we found it. We've, we, we're experts in the field. Uh, we're also bringing the loan to the table. So all our investors take no loan risk. And obviously, I was talking about non-recourse before, um, but we still, as, as owners and operators, need to be underwritten by the bank. And so we need to have a net worth. We need to have a liquidity. And then we bring the loan to the, to the, to, to the table, as I said. So for international investors, it's very hard to get leverage in the United States, but because I live here, um, we bring that to the table. So typically think of it like we're going to put 25% down or about 30% or 25 to 30% down. And then with the rest of the running 75%, we will bring from a bank. Uh, we're talking about that long, non-recourse, low risk, low leverage, uh, fixed rate term. And then we may overraise some money um, in terms of so we can do the CapEx um, and, you know, capital improvements to the property over the next period of time. And we may, you know, raise a little bit of an operating uh, fund just to have some money on hand just in case you know, anything happens. So that typically is the, the way in which we purchase the deal. The way in which is owned is that of, so if you think of a pie, like a, a circle, um, 70% of the deal is owned by our investors who, are, who, who bring um, limited partners, who bring the, the equity to, to buy the deal, um, and then 30% is left for me and my business partners. Uh, and that is what we take as, as putting this deal together. Um, we, there's, and there's some small fees on the front end, but that's, that's essentially we're doing all the hard work and, and all our investors are passive investors. They're completely hands-off. They don't lift a finger. They don't, they don't make any decisions. They are literally investing their money in a vehicle that will create them cash flow and that will, you know, we, we try to double their, their money in five to seven, eight years' time, depending on depending on the deal and depending on the growth. Um, so that, in a nutshell, is how we participate in these deals. Um, uh, you know, so 70-30 split, typically, is, is how we do it. He goes on further to explain how his shares work and how his business assesses their shares over the life of the investment. If we create a, uh, I think it's called a proprietary limited company in Australia. Say, 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 so, so investors would would buy shares into. We would set up a sole purpose entity, and investors would buy shares into that entity. So, if we're raising, call it, uh, we're buying a ten million dollar deal, and we're going to raise three million dollars, then investors would would buy shares into the deal, and that three million dollars would buy them an ownership of seventy percent of the deal, right? And then that remaining 30% is allocated to myself and my business partners. And, and we are the managers and it's just the way in which we, we split the shares up. So there's class A shares and there's class B shares. And the class A is for limited partners and class B is for us as the general partners. So that's how we access, you know, in terms of our value in the deal. So when someone underwrites me, they say, okay, Reed owns X amount of money, X amount of percent in this deal and this deal's worth 10 million bucks. And how these shares work in practice and incentivize his business to invest successfully. But the cash flow from the property over the period of the hold, whether it's five, seven, six, seven, whatever it is, um, we typically do what's called a preferred return, which means the first, we can't ever guarantee anything in, in real estate. Um, and if you ever get approached by someone who says that, run the other way. <laughs> but the 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 next best thing is a preferred return. And it means that it's a sort of like a, an IOU. So if we're projecting that the property may cash flow 8% um, a year. So if you're putting in, uh, you just call it a million bucks, 
um, you're you're expected to get eighty thousand dollars, a million dollars into the deal, into a ten million dollar deal. The, the deal should pay you eight um, percent or um, on on that on that million dollars, right? We may offer a preferred return of six percent uh, to investors. So it's saying, well, the first six percent of cash flow, so the first sixty thousand bucks is going to investors. It's you, it's your guys. It's yours. We don't we don't we don't participate in it as the, as the as the managers and then anything over that we split 70 30 so if they if for some reason the deal ends up getting 10% you know cash on cash returns or 10% cash flow um, we get to participate in that that upside uh, if that makes sense so there is there we are incentivized to make sure the deal works but there is a what's called a preferred return now on the flip side if for whatever reason the deal doesn't is, is stuttering or doesn't is not going great the first year and we only get 4% but we you know we give you an IOU or a preferred return of 6 then that delta is tacked on the to the previous year, and if there's any, you know, the previous the next year, if, if we don't hit it, blah blah, it keeps getting tacked on until when we sell the asset, then there'll be a catch up of that preferred return to the investors. So it's really we're we're, we're very much aligned to make sure that the, the deal makes money for the investors and make sure we hit that preferred return. Otherwise, we don't we don't participate. The passive nature of multifamily investments means these investments work slightly different to others when it comes to equity and leverage. This is all flow through ownership. So someone who invests $100,000 into a deal, you know, with leverage and all that sort of stuff, their, their money's probably worth um, from day one, um, you know, $120,000 or $130,000 with leverage if you if you did, if you boiled it down. Um, as, a, as an investor, they are uh, they are not. They can't go and leverage against it. They can go and use it as a net worth requirements, but they couldn't go and leverage against it because they are passive in the deal. And with lending requirements here in the United States, I'm sure, like in Australia, if you were in a passive deal scenario, it would be very hard to use it as a uh, say, hey, I want to put this as my my quote unquote equity down on on another deal or pull it out of the deal because you could only pull that equity out if we chose to refinance or we chose to sell the deal. Gusen stresses the importance of a good team and details his most recent big investment deal. We just um, we're, we're about to close on a deal coming up here between now and the, literally just before the end of Christmas, and I'm, and I'm actually going to be back in Australia when we're closing on it. That's the that's the power of having a team around you, and we can present a whole podcast about developing the right team. Um, but we got this deal in Austin, Texas, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners probably have heard of Austin. Austin is definitely on the map. Um, and it's more of a global city now. We, we got it off market um, because of my business partner. He lives in Austin and we have built up a bit of a reputation through my podcast and through obviously his local networking. And um, it's going to be the largest deal we've raised to date, um, but it's going to be uh, a cracker of a deal. And, and we're picking it's 284 units. It was built in 2002. Um, we're picking it up at a, what's a five and a half cap where the market in Austin is probably more like a four and a half cap. So, it's where there's upside there. Um, and yeah, it's, we're really looking forward to having it. It plants a flag in Austin, Texas. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited to get this closed. But it's, it's looking back, we've, we've closed about, a, we, we've bought about a thousand units in the last, a bit, in a bit shy of the uh, last 18 months. So there's been a big rapid expansion for us uh, as, as, with Wildhorn, Wildhorn Capital. Um, but it's, you know, we're, we're leaps and bounds and, and going on to do, do more and more. Coming up after the break, we'll explore how Goosens brands himself to bring new investors on board. It comes back to branding. Um, when I first started in the United States, uh, I started a podcast called, uh, well, not, not when I first started, a couple of years ago, I started a podcast called Investing in the US. The reasons he chose to follow this path 
it all comes down to financial freedom, right? I want to control my time. How he conditions his mindset. What I'm doing right now, talking to you, um, talking to other thought leaders. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was at a, speaking at a, um, a conference over the weekend. I love getting amongst and, and being just chatting and, and, and talking shop. All that and much more coming up next. I'm Tyrone Shump and you're listening to Property Investory. In order to get investors on board, Gerson has worked to brand himself in the US market. It comes back to branding. Um, when I first started in the United States, uh, I started a podcast called, uh, well, not, not when I first started, a couple of years ago, I started a podcast called Investing in the US. And originally, it was about educating international investors about the benefits of investing here. Because when I first moved to the United States, I had I didn't know what an LLC was. I didn't know what credit was. I didn't know you know what the taxation systems was. But there was still attractive, um, low barriers to entry for international investors like myself. So I said, well, hang on. And with through my mentor, you know, let's brand myself. I have this weird Australian accent, and there's all these Americans talking to me. So why not I start a podcast about it? And you know, I I can be the number one in that space because I'm the only one in that space, right? And, and over time, I've I've niched and pivoted. And I, I sort of I named it investing in the US because it's over a period of time. I'm at 150 episodes, or whatever it is. Um, but you, you can only talk about real estate for so long. <laughs> so I, it's more, you know, now we talk about business startups and, and just investing in general in, in the US and, and not just for international investors, it's for everyone. But, you know, you had to really niche and, and lean into what I was. And that was Australian. I have a story. I moved halfway across the world for, for love, blah, blah, blah. That is people like that. People think it's genuine. And, and that through that, I, I developed a bit of a brand. And over the past three or four years, it doesn't happen overnight, but over a period of time, you build credibility and trust. And, and now um, people come to, to me to look to invest or me and my business partner. And, um, and, and yeah, we can, we can offer them a place to, to invest their capital. While they originally intended to work with international investors, the reality isn't so. The majority of my investors are American, right? The goal in the next five, uh, two to five years is to attract, more, bring actually more money from overseas markets and really double down on the on the brand. But the majority of my investors are international. Um, as deals are getting harder and harder to pencil here in the United States because it, it, we are becoming a compressed market, uh, American investors are expecting a uh, a bit of an unrealistic return rate, uh, inter- IRR, internal uh, rate of return. But I know that um, investors in Australia or in Asia or in Israel or in Europe um, would jump all over it um, like white on rice. So definitely it is to, to continue the brand and, and, and all that good stuff um, in the near future. As an Australian investing in America, it took some time to learn the terminology and strategies of real estate in the US. One of the things I first learned when I, when I moved to the United States is investing lingo, you know, understanding what the different lingo is and, and making sure I'm really, um, uh, I got my head wrapped around it. Probably took a decent two years to really understand it um, and, and, and really have obviously honed in on it in the last three or four years, you know, since I've been doing the syndication, you know, you've got to understand you know, different terminology. So, like anything, if you put your mind to it and you read enough books and you listen enough podcasts, you're going to learn it pretty quickly regardless of where you are in the world and it's all self, self-education. self But, um, 
you know, obviously having the mathematical brain of a civil engineer, structural engineer helped a little bit. You know, I'm really good at spreadsheets. So, um, you know, that, that definitely does help, but doesn't, but for people listening out there, doesn't just because you're not mathematically inclined, you should try and educate yourself to be, but but really understanding lingo, regardless of where you are in, in the world or, or you're investing, whether it be Australia or America, you know, you've got to really understand the, the local lingo and you've got to build your team in and around you so you can be successful in whatever you do. Gerson reinforces why he has chosen to follow this path. It all comes down to financial freedom, right? I want to control my time. It's it's me and my business partner. Uh, we've got we obviously we have our, as I said before, we've got a team around us. We have third party property managers who manage our deals. We have lawyers who help us close on the deals. We have general contractors who who are third party to us, but we are the puppeteers, um, and and we control our time. I don't have a day job anymore. Um, I, I wake up and I do what I want and do it because I love it. Um, and that's that's really the, the the true thing that I got involved in real estate for was way back in the day when I picked, first picked up that Bridge Dad Poor Dad book was to invest for long term wealth and and have a paycheck. You know, have life someone pay me to live my life. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a I'm a syndicator. I'm a quote unquote fund manager, whatever you want to call me. But I control my time, and the most valuable asset in my life is my time. And so I can do whatever I want. I don't have to. You know, wake up and ask for time off or whatever. If I want to do, if I want to go away for a weekend and or go away for an extended weekend or whatever, I do what I, I do as I can. And and really creating a life by design is all what I'm about, and it's really living life on my terms. So um, so that's what I've been very very focused on achieving, and why I've gone so large um, so quickly. Um, but in saying that, with the same breath, we're also being my business partner and I are very cognitive of of living a life by design. You know, he has kids. I don't have kids just yet, but he's, you know, he's, he's making sure he's picking them up from up after school every single day because he can't, because he controls his time. So um, yeah, it's, it, that's really, really important to me. And how he conditions his mindset every day. I think doing these things, what I'm doing right now, talking to you, um, talking to other thought leaders, um, you know, I was, I was, I was at a, speaking at a, um, a conference over the weekend. I love getting amongst and, and being just chatting and, and, and talking shop. One of the biggest things I think I've started, one of the biggest things I've found starting my podcast, I, I don't make any money off my podcast, but it opens doors. Um, and, you know, who doesn't like talking about themselves for 45 <laughs> minutes, right? <laughs> but, but but the fact is, it's sort of like it, it's it's a door that's opened. And, you know, I, my, Erica always says to me, my wife, she's like, geez, are you, you know, did you just take something? You know, because I'm always just, I'm, I'm beaming when I get off a podcast because it just, it makes the juices flow from within me. I, I love t- chatting to other people and and diving into how they build their business and, and what makes them tick. Um, and that's just, I don't know, something about, it's it's really, I'm, I'm, again, I'm, I'm a civil engineer. I didn't have this, I was very black and white brain. And since creating this, my own podcast, I've really enjoyed it. And that's, I hope, I think it's helped me keep really sharp. Um, I try, and obviously I'll release a, an episode a week, but I'm trying to just be around other thought leaders. And as they say, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. So um, I'm very much, you know, I, I, I love doing that sort of stuff, you know, and, and just checking in with, with people who, who really um, help me move the needle, if that makes sense. Gusens advises his greatest book recommendations for anyone interested in property investment, business growth, and branding. 
So obviously, Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know, for, let's, let's talk about, you know, the two different spectrums. There's obviously Rich Dad Poor Dad for those people who are just getting started and trying to understand the world of investing and, and creating time for themselves and, fi- you know, financial freedom. That's a really good book to start with. Um, the book, uh, I also love the book, The 4-Hour Workweek in terms of uh, systems. Um, another book, and it's actually, you would may, may know of it, um, it's called Key Person of Influence. Um, it's actually an Australian author. It uh, talks a little bit about creating brands and it's actually got nothing to do with investing, but it's got about positioning yourself as a key person of influence in your sphere uh, and how that can attract investors or um, business partners or employees or whatever that might be. That's a really awesome book. Um, and um, Think and Grow Rich is another one. And the best advice he's ever received. I think it's going to go back to my dad, right? Um, a fool and their money. A fool and their money are easily parted. I think that's that's got to be one of the the, the number one um, number one piece of advice I've ever received. Gusens attributes some personal habits that helped him in his success. I'm a very active guy. Uh, if I don't if I don't run or work out or do something um, yeah, for two day two or three days on end, I, I tend to go a little stir crazy. Uh, so I've always been a very very active person. I, I dive getting. I'm a morning guy. Uh, not a, I know not all people listening to this show may be morning people. Um, it, is, it is currently uh, ten past nine here on a Wednesday evening, so it's not it's not morning anymore. But in the morning, I will be going to the gym. Um, but one thing that's t- definitely helped me in the last little while is, um, and and it goes a little bit more back to, you know, this new world we live in. Being an entrepreneur is a new black. You know, trying to always go 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 and achieve things is is meditation allowing yourself to have the calmness in the mind to not to say okay I can put I can put it down now I don't need to look at it 24/7 I don't need to be on my phone I don't need to be on social media all the time trying to just break break that up a little bit and, and meditation has allowed me to do that um, I'm not an expert at it whatsoever but it has just allowed me that quite, like, mental calmness uh, the other thing I do is journaling uh, getting out of my mind and onto a piece of paper is really important for me to help me start my day um, or my week whatever it might be and, and also being you know having a lot of gratitude um, having you know I'm not a hugely religious person but I, I do thinking I do think gratitude is really important and because you only live your life once. Um, so make the most of it while you've got it, and and if you're not appreciating the the goals that you are kicking, um, and even as small as they might be, you need to you need to nod the hat to it. Otherwise, you're just never going to be able to, you know, get ahead because you always think you got to get to the next thing. So um, there are a couple of little things I do. If Reed Goosens met himself ten years ago, he'd have this to say. The big thing I would say to him is just enjoy it. You know, like you're going to go on a pretty awesome freaking journey. <laughs> enjoy it. You know, I don't, I, I don't think there's any one piece of advice. I, I honestly look back and there's not anything that I regret. And and I'm really proud. Being sitting here at 32 years of age, I'm really proud of that. And I want the next 32 years of my life to be exactly the same. So um, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be successful in not just business, but you know, mental success, physical success, love. Um, and, and, and gratitude. I think you, you know to be truly successful across all aspects of life is means that you you have to be. You can't just be successful successful in one. Additionally, he has a unique perspective about how he sees the future. Something that I've changed my thought process on so much in the last little while, and it goes back to being present. Um, the, the old adage of oh, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do? It's constantly a race. It's you know race through university, or race through school, race through university, race through life. Blah blah blah. Then we're going to retire at some some point in the future. You know, I'm just going to work as hard as I can in the next couple of years and see what doors open. Because I tell you what, me sitting here today talking to you, an Australian podcast, and saying that I've done all this stuff, 
five years ago, I would not have even thought, or it's even six years, 10 years ago, I wouldn't even thought I'd be doing that. So it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I've sort of changed my mind. I, I'm really, I'm really obviously focused on the business and trying to create a really awesome portfolio for, for my investors. But in terms of just, I, I'm also going to take that, that, goal or the target and the time pressure off the table and just say, look, I'm going to just enjoy the journey as well, because if I don't, then what the hell are we doing? You know? So um, a little bit philosophical, philosophical, but, and, and cheesy, but, but it's, 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 I think you have to, because like, you know, you, uh, there was a, there's a, there's a, there's a quote, and I can't remember the exact quote, but it talks about a song, right? You don't, you don't listen to the end of the song. The best part is, is of the song is the whole thing, right? So the, the, the ups and downs, the choruses, and that's how you got to view life. You know, we're all on this journey together. And if you don't stop and enjoy the view every now and then, it is, what's the point of doing it? He can admit he got lucky and that both hard work and luck played a key role in his success. If you look back, like, yes, I worked bloody hard to get a job, but it had to take that one person to say yes in order to give me um, that luck to, to then give me a job to then help me on this journey to where I am now. It takes that one person to say yes um, to invest in you. It takes that one person to say yes to get that day job back working in the south of France. So there is a little bit of luck. You obviously got to put your neck out there, but it does take one yes will change your life. Uh, and if you don't, if you if you change your story, you're going to change your life. And that's, you know, Tony Robbins says that and I'm, um, I'm a huge fan of his, but that's, that. I think it's a mixture of both, but obviously, not being afraid to to back yourself and, and just say, well, look, if the worst case scenario is when I first moved away from Australia is that I had to move back, because I definitely thought about that. I thought, shit, if I don't get excuse me, if I don't get if I don't get a job, I'm gonna have to move back to Australia. But, but that's not the worst case, right? I okay, I move back to Australia, move back to my family, and I get another civil engineering job. And if that's the worst thing that happens to me, then I'm living pretty good. So that's where how I've always approached life and going and giving it a crack and backing yourself and backing your decisions. I think that's the number one piece of advice I can give to people listening to this and looking back, it, it, whether it's luck or hard work, I don't know if it falls in either bucket, but it's an, the ability to back yourself. And I think that's really important. If you want to find out more about his investments or contact Goosens, here's how. You can head over to my website, which is just readgoosens.com, um, R-E-E-D-G-O-O-S-S-E-N-S and um, you can check out all the stuff on there. You can hit me up, contact me. Um, it's pretty easy to find. So, um, yeah, that's probably the easiest way of getting in touch. Or search up his podcast. Called Investing in the US. Uh, it's on iTunes. You can search my name and just investing in the US. It's pretty straightforward. Or an Aussie's Guide to US Real Estate. Either or, they're all pretty searchable. Um, and look, if anyone's ever coming through LA, uh, LA's pretty much the first stop in America coming from Australia and they want to catch up for a beer or coffee. Um, I'm always down to, to meet other Aussies who, uh, who travel in the world or just you know move into the States to, to make it happen. Thank you so much to Reed Goosens, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com.